Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. All right, this episode of Enough About Me, if it's going to air, who the hell knows? It could be the last one. I, I have no idea. There is uh, stuff in the air right now today as I'm taping this in the building. Um, as my podcast that I taped on Monday is being looked at by legal people, by the legal team or legal issue, I think is what I was texted, by one of the higher ups. So I don't know. What I do know is I just taped a 40, eh, about a 55-minute conversation with stuttering John Melendez, a huge part of the Howard Stern Show. Uh, for so many years, one of my favorite uh, characters on the show by far. Uh, he has a new book out right now. Let me make sure I get the title of it correct. I don't want to fuck that up because he promoted it. He was nice enough to come on. I'll do it one more time. It's called Easy for You to Say. Easy for You to Say, Stuttering John Melendez. Uh, the stories he, he teases, some of the ones he tells me, I'm going to order the book right now uh, on Amazon. It's been number one in general broadcasting on Amazon for a while. Uh, people could say John's bitter. People can say John's mad because he's not on the show anymore. They may be right. They may be wrong. But he's happy to tell stories and talk shit and gossip and get into it. Uh, always, always, always enjoy him. He's, looking, uh, he's been sort of a bucket list guest of mine. You know, I've had Artie on. I've had Jackie on. Now I've had John on. Obviously, I'd love to have Stern on one day. I don't think that's going to happen. But, uh, but I really enjoyed this uh, conversation. About 50 minutes long, I think, with Stuttering John Melendez. Uh, and his new book is out right now. You can order it on Amazon again. Easy for you to say is the title. Stuttering John joins me on Enough About Me. All right, people who listen to me on EEI or have listened to me talk about know what a huge fan I was of the old Howard Stern show. And I think I tweeted out in a hugely underrated part of that show. Uh, joins me now, John Melendez, Stuttering John Melendez. What's going on? Hey, man, how you doing? Good, good, good. So I was, uh, you know, just going, I spent like two hours the other night doing a deep dive. And I do this every few months anyway, just to laugh at the YouTube clips of you interviewing celebrities over the years. No, 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 that's not racist. No, you're being racist. You are f***ing racist. No, you're that's being true. racist. And yeah. I, I, I mean, and if and I, it feels weird saying this. If people are listening to my show, I, I think they know the Stern show. But essentially, you were started as an intern, moved your way up. And at first, you would go to these these premieres or events or movie, whatever, and interview these celebrities and ask them these horribly awkward questions, which was great. I mean, people who have never been asked these questions. So I was looking at them, and I think my favorite one is probably Walter Cronkite, but I'd be curious what yours what yours is. <laughs> oh, my God, there's been so many. I mean, the Fred Gwynn stuff, but you, you won't see that on YouTube because it's audio. We didn't have cameras. That was awesome because, you know, he played Herman Munster. Right. And he was in Car 54, Where Are You? And and it was great is that, you know, I'm there with a buddy of mine, and then uh, there's this hot, blonde publicist, and Fred Gwynn is at an art exhibit and he, of his own art, like right. his paintings. And, you know, so so I, and the publicist is very clear to me. She's like, he do not ask him any uh, Monsters questions. Monster question. Right. Do not ask any carpet before. Where are you? Questions. Right. I, I promise her that I won't. Right. And then I get up to him, and every question is about the monster. <laughs> and the publicist, she's just giving me the evil eye, and Fred Gwynn's hanging in there, but I'm asking him, you know, 
you know, did Vincent Van Gogh ever dress up like Frankenstein? <laughs> right, right, right. And that's where he gives the famous response of, I'm going to make believe I didn't hear that question, John. <laughs> and he has that Herman Munster laugh. But that was one of my favorites. I think probably the biggest one was Jennifer Flowers. Governor Clinton gives a condom. Jesus. Right here. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take time for one more question, not from you. Was there ever a threesome? Oh, for sure. At the, pre- at the press conference, for sure. Yeah, because that made national news. Right. And then, and then I guess Ringo Starr, because asking a Beatle, you know, I don't know if you know it, but it was at a press conference where it was like, I don't know, 100 or so reporters. The place is packed. You know, Ringo is announcing his first all-star band thing, whatever. And I and I said, you know, Ringo, what'd you do with the money? And he goes, what money? And I said, the money your mom gave you for singing lessons. <laughs> and the whole place gasped. And, um, you know, but I, I always say the best response ever from any celebrity, God bless her soul, without skipping a beat. This is how, this is how big of a genius this woman was, Joan Rivers. I said, I said, Joan, do you think ugly people should be allowed to have children? And she said, no, and I told your mother that. <laughs> well, I, I, I always thought, like, watching it, it, it was it was worse, way worse when they were good sports because it almost sucked. Like, you, you wanted yeah, it to be, I, like, you know, one who, like, a Mary Tyler Moore was a good sport about it. But when you got, like... Yeah, that's, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, I was gonna say, but as opposed to like, and I, I mean, I understand there's probably language issue, but like an Imelda Marcos, which is just fucking hysterical to watch in retrospect. She looks like you know you're about to you're about to fucking bite her head off. She looks like a scared cat. She does. She looks like my <laughs> she like my kid when he's like a year and a half old. Yeah, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, and that's the problem that I ran into is. You know, as I got more infamous, you know, I don't want to say I don't want to say famous, but when I got you know, all the publicists started to know me and the celebrities started to know me. So, you know, I had to dress up in goofy disguises. I went as a chef. That's how I snuck into a Sesame Street event. I <laughs> I, I dressed as a rabbi for, for a, you know, for a red carpet. I had like the beard and everything. And the, um, But I mean, I had to get in disguises all the time. And and that's, yeah, it ruined it when they knew, you know, like when, when you know, if they played along, a lot of the ones where they, people played along, like we didn't even air them because it, it, it just wasn't as funny. The, what was funny is when people were taken off guard, like Sir Andrew, Andrew Prebin. Right, right. Let me ask you a question. Okay, Why is everyone so afraid to badmouth that crater robber, Woody Allen? No, no. Oh, get away from me, you and your jerky questions, you bloody fool. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> get, the, get the hell away from me, you bloody stupid bloody questions you bloody fool well and i think you had to be you in a way had to have um uh double thick skin in, in a way number one because you had to go and do this and it took a lot sturm would always say this and he's right it took a lot of balls to do that i wouldn't be able to do it number one and then number two especially at that point in your life uh you know they would mercilessly break your your balls over your stuttering which was and obviously i i'm guessing in times of tension you know did slow motion it did count how long your stutter was or your or your or your pauses yeah. or your burps or whatever it was so you had to i mean you took more shit i think on that show than anyone maybe except for gary i guess maybe but for a year or two i mean you were just they just kicked the shit out of you <laughs> yeah you know like that's the weird thing like like people like don't understand like i don't care about making fun of my stutter like that's something like right. you know like even when i give like speeches like when i gave the keynote speech you know at the national stutter association i always say like you know like to all you stutterers don't take it look stuttering is something that you do it's not 
who you are. It doesn't define you. So, like, for me, like, Howard Goofman and Fred Goofman on my stutter, it, it, it was like, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. Like, if anybody goofs on my stutter, even now, it doesn't bother me. I, hell, I goof on my stutter on stage. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't bother me. So that never, ever bothered me. You know, whereas, like, like Gary, you know, like, being an idiot, that bothered him. But it bothered him because it's true. <laughs> but it's also, but it's also funny. I mean, listen, I do this show too. It's also funny that it bothers him. If it didn't bother him, you wouldn't do it. Oh yeah. Well, I, you know, I have my like. If you read my book, and I, this this will be my first plug of the day. Plug away. Um, it, yeah, easy for you to say. It's on Amazon. I, it was the, uh, it was number one for over a month in general broadcasting, which is like pretty cool to see number one bestseller like next to your name. But I mean, it, you know, I have a chapter: the good, the bad, and the buoy, and. <laughs> You know, and it really just explains to people, like, how, how big of a backstabber Gary was. And, you know, and, like, he threw me under the bus and Jackie under the bus. I mean, he was he just is like the, the you know, he, he's incredibly two-faced. And with a face like that, we don't need two of them. <laughs> well, give me an so, example. Oh, man. Well, I, I'll give you two examples. The first involves Jackie. And, and you know, I mean, Jackie's just. You know, Jackie's the, he's a good guy, guy, but, but like, I remember this like it was yesterday. Jackie is getting a little update. Is I mean, he remembers the backstab. He doesn't remember where it happened, but, you know, Jack, it was me, Jackie, and Gary, and we were in a jock lounge, they called it, where all the DJs yep. after Howard would hang out. And we were all lamenting about our E salaries because it's essentially Buckwald and Howard, I call, you know, the Sith. They That's Don, Don Buckwall, by the way, Stern's, Stern's longtime yeah, yeah, agent. Yeah. Yeah, I have a whole chapter like, dedicated to that scumbag. But okay, um, it, but you know, like, like they offered me, I swear to God, ten thousand dollars for a year, so to be on the E Show every night, uh, every week, uh, you know, every week night. So ten thousand, so it, it equated to two hundred dollars a week. So what was so just for just for comparison's sake, forget Stern. What was like a Robin Quivers getting to do that? She'd probably get like at least a hundred grand or maybe two hundred grand. So right, you know. So I, I would and Howard would get two million, three million. You know. Right. I mean, I don't mind the. You know, look. I mean, you know, Howard and Robin. You know, you know, they're the first people who actually it was Howard and Fred. But it doesn't matter. But you know, so then Gary was. You know, they offered him fifteen grand and Jackie twenty five grand. So. We were all in the jock lounge. We were all like really upset. Like you know, I can't believe that you know we finally have, have a TV, you know, deal, and this is how lame you know, you know how little they're going to pay us. I mean, this is why Billy left. Uh, you know, Billy West. Billy left. West. Into that, right? Yeah, I'll get into that if you want. But anyway, so we're all like going, you know, and and Jack was kidding. He goes, "Let's just all go on strike," you know, and he was kidding around. And the next thing you know, Gary's in the studio telling Howard. You know that Jackie's trying to get a soul to go against him. But do you think? And, but do you think Gary's doing that from a producer's perspective, thinking this is good radio, even if it's bullshit? Now Gary doesn't know what's good radio, dude. Gary, you know, I know it sounds like sour grapes, but Gary's the guy who I wrote that incredibly racist song that I was trying, like, like the first song I was trying to do a double zeros, you know, like theme song, you know, for Howard, and I wrote this song, and um, and you know. And, it, you know, it, now I did that as I thought was Howard's humor. So it had, like, a lot of racial slurs in there. And then when Howard, you know, Howard had Gary go in the back room and listen to it. And when and he said, 
Gary, is there anything there? And Gary's like, nah, I don't think there's anything to make fun of. It's a pretty good song. Not <laughs> 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 to, it was, it was two days of good radio because Harry was just goofing on me the whole time. And, and, you know, look, he's, Gary's not like, I mean, like a lot of people, like, oh, I don't hate the guy. It's just that, you know, Gary knows where his bread is buttered and, you know, and, and that's how he is. And, you know, so that was the first time. And even when I, well, I asked uh, Buckwald was if, if I could back his, because my attorney said, you know, just do me a favor and, you know, have them fax me the contract before you sign it. So, I told Buckwald's henchman, you know, Richard Bosch, I said, look, I, I'm going to sign this because you just fax it to my attorney. He just wants to see it first. And Bosch put the um, contract back in a manila envelope and said, sure. They never faxed it to my attorney, and I was off the e-show. And I had a week later, I had, two weeks later, I had to walk into Howard's office with my tail, you know, between my legs and apologize to him because how dare I even ask my, you know, representation to see the crappy deal they were giving us and then howard said yeah john you know you, you know just do as i tell you and don't listen to jackie <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's interesting you know with, with your role in the show as it grew and grew and grew and you became kind of an instigator obviously the, the million stories the aj benza stuff all the stuff that goes on and your profile gets bigger and then when stern becomes single you almost start becoming even better friends with him you leave for the tonight show and now, you know, 2019, it feels like this real, real, real animosity on your side to him. Is that is that bitterness? Is it justified? Is it? I mean, what's the relationship look, look, like I, now? Is I don't it? Nope. Blame, I mean, that's, it's a good question, and, and I don't blame you for asking that, and I don't blame people for, you know, like even even in this interview. I, I mean, I could see people are going to say, "Oh, I sound like I'm bitter," and it's not. See, that's the thing. It's not being bitter. I love Howard. I'm grateful to Howard. I have said thank you a billion times. I even thank him in my book. You know, I, I gave him a Tiffany clock on my departure that said, you know, he'll always be my friend. And, you know, so it's not like bitterness. It's just really just telling the truth about, you know, about uh, about what Gary and I would call the firm. And, you know, it was just the way that Buckwald and Howard would bully you and bully me, and bully Gary, and bully Jackie. Like, I mean, it was just, you know, it was just a, like a sad thing to do to, you know, the people that are really like loyal and working their ass off for you. I mean, and so it's not like I don't hate the man. He has his flaws, and and I, and and I talk about the flaws of his in the book, and I also talk about the great times we had, you know, hanging out at his Hampton's house and going out to dinner with Ozzy and Sharon. I mean. So, like, like, if I saw Howard today, I would give him a hug. I don't hate the guy. It doesn't mean I'm not going to tell the truth in my book. I mean, it doesn't mean I'm not going to expose him for what he is now. I mean, what he did to Scott the Engineer is is deplorable. So, so yeah, so I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, John, that guy, I have essentially stopped listening to Stern. I haven't listened to him for a few years now just because, you know, and you know why. We'll talk about that as well. The show's changed. It's not the kind of show I like anymore. I don't want to listen to interviews with you know, Ellen DeGeneres and Jennifer Aniston. That's not me. So like, when you say what happened to Scott the Engineer, Scott the Engineer, of course, a famous part of the old show, and I see some tweets about this occasionally. So, can you explain to me what happened? Yeah, it's very simple. And, you know, like, again, you have to understand something, dude. This is one thing. I have really bad OCD, as does Howard, as does Jay Leno. I talk about it in my book as well. And, you know, I really can't lie. You know, like, so... Which is why when I wrote the book, I, I, don't, I don't fear a lawsuit from Howard because 
everything I say is the truth because I really can't lie. You, you know, I get really freaked out if I lie. So that you know, you know, everyone could you know misremember something by like you know, a, you know, a location or but but you know, you get the you know, you get the gist of, right. of everything. Yeah. So Scott the engineer set up a GoFundMe page for his wife Robin, who I've met and who was on the. She used to call into the show, mm-hmm. and for fifty grand to pay for her chemo, you know, medication because you know she was suffering from cancer. So you know. Scott sets up the GoFundMe, and you know, you know, and he gets the money. But you know, as that happens, many people on Twitter and on social media are trashing Howard to death. Like, how dare you? You know, you're a billionaire, and you can't help Scott Howard at fifty thousand dollars. So finally, you know, I decide to call Scott and just see what's going on. So you know. You know, I call Scott, and Scott and I have this long conversation, and this is, and this is only like what a half a year ago. So I, I remember it like it was yesterday. I was driving, and Scott tells so he tells me the whole thing. He had to go to Marcy Turk and ask her if he could set up the GoFundMe page. Marcy Turk said, um, "You can, but you can't call yourself Scott the Engineer, and you can't say that you're from the Howard Stern Show." So. Scott goes, okay. So he does that. He does the GoFundMe, and he raises the money. And I asked him, point blank. I go, Scott, did Howard give you any money? Did he give you a dime? He said, John, he did not give me a dime. All right. So he gets the money. Now Howard gets embarrassed on social media. You know what they did to Scott? They they threw Essentially, they threw him off the show. He works in, on a different floor now. He doesn't work for the Stern Show. He only works for Sirius. The reason why he told me he didn't even get fired from Sirius is because, like, Sirius has, like, the company has this thing, like, if you have a death or a sickness in the family, you can't just fire somebody. So Scott now works, doesn't work for the Stern Show. He is he is written out of any Stern script. You'll never hear him on the air again. They don't mention him anymore. The guy's essentially banished from the Stern Show. This is the guy that was loyal to Howard for 30 years. Hey, he's the one who supplied you with the... Uh, a Nicholas Cage tape, so, right? You know, my right, tape. right. Well, he almost yes, so, he almost he, he uh, have a guy, right? Like, you know, like part of the essential crew, and then finally, unfortunately, his wife passes away. God bless him. Oh, no, I didn't right? know that. Jesus. Yeah, so his wife passes away, and he tells me that Howard didn't even walk down down you know, take the elevator downstairs and give him a hug. You know what Howard did? He sent them an email with like two sentences, and it said. Beth and I are sorry for your loss. We are donating uh, to a cancer charity in your wife's name. That's it. Hmm. After Hmm. 30 years of loyal service. So, look, you know, I'm going to call him out on this. Now, you're going to have all these stern fans. Some are going to go, you know, you know, you know, great, John. I'm glad you, you know, like told the truth. And some are going to say, wow, it sounds like you're bitter. I'm not bitter. I just care about Scott the Engineer. And I think that what Howard did is is a travesty. So I'm going to call him out on things like that. I'm going to call him out. You know, like I worked for the old Howard Stern. I worked for the Howard Stern that was so cool. Like, like he would not be, you know, he would not be like, you know, um, you know, going on vacations with Jennifer Aniston. Like, you know, he'd be hanging out with us out in the Hamptons, you know, like drinking and, you know, smoking weed. Now, you know, this Howard is at a serious uh, uh, getting things done briefing with the whole staff. And, 
and he and he's standing in front of a screen that's a, asking his staff to set up ten fake Twitter accounts to solicit guests. Now, this is something that if Don Imus did that, you know, when I was at Stern, he would be ripping him. If John DeBello or the Grease Man, any of these guys, he would have he would have just bashed him like crazy, saying, "Wow, how lame are you?" But now that's what Howard is now. So, you know, if people can. Like, People gonna get get mad at me for pointing out what you know I think is just a, a total you know transformation for the worst. Then be mad at me, but at least I'm telling the truth. I yeah. So I mean, I again, I don't know any of these people. I listened all the time. You know them all. I just as a listener uh, had a hard time with how they essentially wiped Artie out of the world too. I mean. This is a guy who obviously had serious drug, alcohol, still does, it looks like. Mental issues. The guy takes a knife, tries to kill himself, and it's like he never existed. That is a weird, that's a very strange thing to me. Yes. I mean, and, you know, Artie still resents the fact that Howard didn't call him when he first tried to kill himself. I mean, you know, put it this way. Artie, me, Jackie, Grillo, Gilbert, we are all banned from the show. Right, it's like Gilbert. Gilbert, the best guest ever. It's like he never, it, it never happened. Well, and this is, but this is another thing. I know, and again, I always preface this. I know this is going to piss some Stern fans off. Yeah, who cares? But, Gives a shit. I don't, I don't. Yeah, I don't really care. But it, but the truth is, this is this is to me the, the the most hypocritical thing that Howard has done. If you can recall, when I was there, mm-hmm. he used to beat the crap out of Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show for not having Joan Rivers on after she went. After she did her own show, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, (laughs) now Howard won't have me, Jackie, Grillo. He's banned all of us, you know, know, and with me for the same thing. So it's just, you know, it's so hypocritical. So that's why, you know, I have to to tell it like it is, you know, and that's how I am. I was brought up that way. That's who I am. I'm going to call him out. But again, do I hate the man? No, I, I'm sorry to see what he has become. Well, you know, and so you know, you mentioned the name Marcy Turk, and, and you know, I, I think the casual person's not going to know who that is. Uh, and you know, she's somebody who has come in and been this massive influence on Stern and on the show, and has turned it. I think again, just reading stuff, has turned it into this different, you know, fan friendly sort of uh, celebrity friendly world that it is now. Right? I mean, is that right? Yeah, she she was responsible for bringing in this this book, getting things done. That's her, like you right. know, you know, her thing, and you know, so she's pretty much changed Howard. I I have a chapter dedicated to her called Mossy Turk Yoko Turco because she 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 truly ruined the Radio Beatles. But you know, I'll tell you a funny story. Just I know speaking of Mossy Turk, because when Howard was at the seminar. You know that I, I, you know that I previously spoke about. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how stupid Gary is. Now, <laughs> I just got it, and this is something I'm, I'm only giving to you. I haven't said this on, like on any Let's other show. All right. So, <laughs> at this press conference, like not press conference, at this briefing of all the staff. So it's all the staff, the interns, the writers, and here you have Baba Bowie, who is like the executive producer of the show. So Howard introduces. Uh, Marcy Turk, and he goes, you know, she is now in charge of, you know, like of the show. Everyone answers to her. She is in charge. So Baba Bowie raises his hand, and Howard goes, yes, Gary. And he goes, well, um, so do I have to answer to her too? And then 
Howard goes, yes, Gary, you do. I mean, how stupid. <laughs> like, so he just like showed the whole staff how powerless. Yeah, that's, not, that's, that's, not, that's not a cunning move, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like that's something that you pull Howard aside like in private and go, do I have to ask that? If he goes, yes, then okay, then at least you're not embarrassed. That right. Your whole freaking – he's so stupid. <laughs> but what is, what is her background in – like what other than this book, what is her background in radio or anything? I don't know. I, you know, I do know that she's had sex with two of the staff. You know, I know she's been called down to HR twice. And this is another thing that I, uh, that's been corroborated, so she can go ahead and sue me. But I know it. You know, you know she had sex with a guy, Steve Brandano, uh, you know, according to every, other, every website and every person. Well, yeah, like, you know. exactly. yeah I, don't, I don't know about that. You might, yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, that's what, you know, like, you know, we, you know, we say it on my podcast. And, and the guy that she's married to was a former, you know, staff, you know, uh, you know staff guy. So, what? what yeah. I'm, when I just want to go back before I go forwards for a second, just because you know your story is interesting to me. A guy who stutters, of course, winds up giving a job as the announcer on the Tonight Show, and how crazy that is. And the drama of you leaving the show was a huge deal. And Stern really dumped on you. In your last show, they basically shit on you. I can only I'd be curious, you know, how much money you were making at the time with Stern, and how much money you made for Leno. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well. You know, but, but again, you know, I don't, you know, I don't blame any employer who doesn't, you know, who, you know, who doesn't pay you because I always have the ability to, of course, to say no right. and leave. That's why, I like, yep. so I don't begrudge Howard, you know, for not paying me. But the truth is, when I the the first year or two, I made zero. Then my first radio salary was ten thousand dollars a year that Tom Chiasano. <laughs> told me was a stipend then mel carmazin that fat bastard um you know got it to twenty thousand a year then uh you know it then went up in like five percent increments for the next 13 years of my employment there so i ended up leaving um i was making eighty five thousand dollars a year that's before taxes so you were you were a uh, you know a top five or six character on the biggest radio show in history you know top two or three in 30 markets and just for the listeners knowing this, so, I, you know, I hosted the number one show in the market at EEI in the morning, so I got kicked off for a few years. I was making many multiples of that. John was a big part of the show, the biggest money-making radio show ever, and he was making $80,000. That is fucking crazy. 85. 85. 80, I'm sorry. I didn't, mean, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to shortchange you. $85,000. And, so and so you're leaving for, to go to Leno, and I'm going to guess – you know, and Stern, of course, hated Leno. So I was, I'm going to guess you were making what four or five times that was your first offer, or no? Uh, on on Leno, I think um, I think the most I made on Leno was about four hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, so here. you're talking, you know, five times that to do, you know, I would guess much easier work. Yeah, and not only that, Kirk. Like the other thing is like. You know, and I got two pensions out of it. You, you know, whereas Howard. Even though I wrote for Howard, just like Benji, and they, you know, you're not in in the Writers Guild. Like right, when I wrote right. for Jay Leno for ten. You're in the years, Guild, I'm yeah. In the Writers Guild, right. So I'm, you know, so I'm building up a pension, you know. So you know, and and I'm in SAG after, so I'm I'm right. the announcer, I'm on camera, I'm building up a pension. So there was a lot of you know good things that came out of that. <clears throat> but the truth is, I just wanted to get out of there. You know what I mean? I, sure. I, 
it, you know, it's not like, again, like people are like, oh, you know, you know, you shouldn't have left Stern. But look, I, you know, I went to NYU for film and television. It was my dream to work on a, te- like, a television show. It was my manifest destiny to go to L.A. It excited me to get a job in L.A. And just look. Like, it's in my book, and I hate to keep plugging it. No, plug away, man. Go ahead. No, no, no. I mean, a lot of this is in my book, but, you know, a lot of the things that I'm, you know, that, that I won't say on this radio are in my book, you sure. know, I mean, because I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't read the whole book on the air. But um, Mary Delabate, she said it best. The last day of, you know, of the time I was at Stern, I was in Gary's tiny office, and he had his wife, Mary, on the speakerphone. And Mary said what Gary, Fred, and everybody else, Benji, you know, everyone else on that show thought. She said, John, we're so jealous of you. And, you know, at the very least, it, it, she is saying what her and Gary, you know, you know, talked about, like, you know, you know, you know their pillow talk, you know. Right. Because, I mean, let's face it, what, you don't think Gary, like... I mean, you know, after getting abused every day, at some point, like, you want to just get the hell out of there, you know? It's like, I mean, I was, like, beaten up as a kid and, you know, and, you know, like, by my father. And, you know, but he was a great guy on, on like, you know, the other half of the time. And then I go to Stern and, you know, he beats me up, like, crazy, just like you said. And, but then, like, the next day he's, like, so nice and say I'm, like, the funniest thing. So, you know, it's like these mixed signals and i just just had to get the hell out of there you know what i'm saying can i just say that having stuttering john stuttering on my podcast is like a top three moment in my life it's like it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm like driving around in my car when i'm 16 years old listening to you on bcn at night this is like this is like a fantasy big like shooting basket freaking shooting hoops of larry bird i can't believe this is happening but well you know speaking of uh of three things you know yeah go when because you know you know when the, we did the channel nine show yep of course, you know, like you know, you know, just before you were saying I was like the top five or six, you know, guys on the air. When we were on the Channel Nine show, you know, I was getting all the good, you know, and I'm not. Uh, it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn, and I am. But you know, I was getting a lot of good reviews. People would like the critics would say the show sucked, but the best part was me. Well, they would always so much and, the Channel Nine show. You it was almost a weekly. They would do your 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 interviews. That was almost a, a lock every week too. Yeah, and 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 that's what got all the great reviews. And right. Howard even said it on the show. He said, "John, you know, all the critics hate the show, but they love you." But just so you know how truthful that is, when Channel Nine sent out the advertising, a, a, a packet to all the potential advertisers. Guess what? Three pictures w- w- were on the you know cover of that you know of that booklet. I'm going to say uh, Stern, Robin, and either the Kilbasa Queen or you. I'm going to say one or the no, other. Man, it was me. It was you. It should have been the Kilbasa. It should have been. It should have been. <laughs> but, but it was me, Howard, and Robin. So that's how important I was. So and I'm not, you know so like yeah so that's why when you say but yet I'm only making eighty five thousand. It's just John. I, I, it's really- I as a listener back then, like I didn't really you know I was was in radio. I'm in radio now. I, I or, you know I understand it. Back then, if I had known you were only making that and you were being offered that, I would have been like, "You should just get the fuck, just walk away, just don't even, don't even, just leave. Don't give me two weeks notice. Just leave." <laughs> you know, it's funny. Donald Trump called in, you know, once, and I was friends with Donald Trump, and he was always really nice to me, actually. But he called in once after AJ Benzer uh, hit you. You know, yeah, you hit him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And, and, and Donald Trump calls and he goes, John, listen, I'm rich. You're not. Walk out of there now and sue. Get a lawyer, right? You'll make two or three million and right. you'll never have to work again. And in hindsight, I should have taken his <laughs> advice. But the truth is, you know, I, I would never sue, you know, Howard on the show. And that's just like I, I would never do that. You know, so, you know. It, it, it was a dumb decision, but a loyal one. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you, why do you think that Stern has decided to... And I understand part of it. Part of it is just older now. He's in his 60s now. But why do you think he's decided so to do such a 180 on his persona and do the show so differently well, than he did? You know, I've said this, Kirk, and I say it on my podcast, the Stuttering John podcast, mm-hmm. you know, the one where I... The one where I pranked, you know, the president. The president, and, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah um... See, this is something that I, you know, and I, I can't keep saying I have it in my book, but you know, I, I got to stop saying that. It's fine. But, uh, let's just say a, a lot of these things that I'm telling you are in my book. But um, when I did I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which was the key to getting me the hell out of, you know, Stern. So, but I did that show and, you know, probably in his, you know, ultimate idiocy, you know, doesn't remember. But I said, look, it'll probably be two weeks, but if I, if, if I, I'm fortunate enough to stay on. It'll be two and a half or three. I didn't know that people were gonna, you know, were gonna be fans of mine and like me, and and you know, and I appeal to a whole new audience. You know, that's what got you essentially the Tonight Show job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was the nice guy. I was the funny guy on right. my own. You know, without Howard and Fred and Jackie, just me. You know, on my own, doing my own jokes and everything else. So, you know. You know, America fell in love with me, I, you know, and I like all the reviews, <laughs> you know, who knew the stuttering John, even the people on the, you know, in the jungle with me were like, you know, I, you know, you know, and uh, Charlie Sheen and Denise uh, Richards, right. Burke, uh, Reynolds, right. there I am stuttering, Oz, kill me, Oz, <laughs> kill me, I'm telling you. Kurt. So, so, so uh, they're all saying all these good things. So what, so I call Howard and the show was in Australia. I call him and he is goes off on me because his excuse is saying because, you know, I, I, I didn't tell Gary the proper amount of time. Meanwhile, I, I was a DJ at K-Rock, too, and I told Steve Kingston, who remembered it exactly the way that I told to Gary, but, of course, in Baba Booey's idiocy, he, you know, he screwed it up. <laughs> so this is why everybody who's listening always email things because cause then you have a paper trail. True. But, you know, but anyway, but Howard goes off on me. And I maintain, you know, that the reason why he went off of me is because I got all this national acceptance. Now, there's the key word, Kirk, acceptance. How I look at it, all those years when I was on the Stern Show and he was bashing all these celebrities, you know why he was bashing them? Because he wanted them to like him. Wanted to be one of them, right, right. Yeah, yeah, he wanted their acceptance and love. And that's why he did America's Got Talent, and that's why he's doing what he's doing now. Because he doesn't want his legacy to be, you know, you know, the, the anal a ring toss game. I mean, right. you know, he wants his, his to be this nice, smart, you know, guy, and that's what he's always wanted. He's always wanted the love. He's had he's had a love me daddy complex ever since his dad told him to shut up. You you know, don't be a moron, whatever. And and he's always wanted all that love from all these. You know, the, you know, from the world, and that's why now he has become this, 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 this uh, deluded, you know, a part of himself. Well, I, so, so that, and so you criticize that, and I agree. Okay, so this is where I'm going to call you out, though. So then he does 
what essentially is an old-school stern rant a couple of weeks ago on Wendy Williams, and you're tweeting out Syria should fire him. Yeah, yeah. What are you talking? You don't mean that. You're a fucking comedian. You don't think that you don't think that Howard Stern should have been fired, really, for that. <laughs> hey, listen, Kirk. If you're gonna believe every 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 tweet, I mean, <laughs> look, I'm the ultimate troll, just like I was the ultimate interviewer on the red carpet. Now, that being said, yeah, I was trying. You know, now I, I I don't think he should be fired, of course. But I will say this. I mean, p- people have said much less. And have lost their job. Yeah, but but yeah, but 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 they shouldn't. I mean, I, I hate, I fucking hate. I don't think anybody should lose their job for anything they say. If you want to, whatever happens, happens. Freedom of speech. Say whatever the fuck you want. Let the chips fall where they may. Howard Stern went on a rant. I mean, it was. You'd agree, it was an old school, crazy, crazy Stern rant. I'm not even sure really where it came from. Worry about your husband, not me. Sick of her. her show. Howard's Hollywood. What does that mean? That means I suck, right? That's what it means. <laughs> Recall Wendy Williams every word in the book. Called it the C word like twenty times. What's that? That's where it came. Oh, that's true. You know, you know, you know, John. You're exactly right. He got triggered because she said your book's gonna suck because you're gonna kiss celebrities' asses, and he knows deep down that's true, and that's what pissed him off. You're right. That's that's exactly right. No, and she, I thought she also said that he's a watered down. Yes. Know, yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. All the all the and, shit that he hates hearing. But, yeah, and Howard can't take any criticism. He could certainly you know dish it out, but I forget. I compared it to something on. Uh, you know what I can, you know, if you can remember, Kirk, I compared it to something on Twitter where someone, you know, said, oh, um, Louis C.K. I said if Louis C.K. is gonna, you know, you know, like, and I've given Louis C.K. shit, but, but if he's gonna get, you know, banned from comedy clubs, you know, for making some off-color jokes. Well, he also sexually, he also sexually harassed women. I mean, well, well yeah, yeah, I know, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. I'm right. just talking about the latest thing where he's right. pooping on the parkland. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and I'm just saying, and and I'll ask you, Kirk, mm-hmm. if 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 Louis C.K. is getting so much shit about that, how is it possible that Howard Stern can call a a, a woman the c-word twenty times? Apparently is what I hear. Well, whatever, yeah. And not get reprimanded. Now, well, well be- answer. I'll answer because I think uh, two reasons. Number one, I, I think uh, you know, it, it, obviously Howard could not do that on, on regular radio nowadays; he'd be dead. But number two, Louis C.K. has the uh, added baggage of being one of these Me Too guys, so I think he's already fucked. Well, well, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think people, I think people are looking for reasons to take him down now. So I think oh, when he well, hold on, but hold on. I got, then, well, then I have to ask you this. Yeah. If you're gonna go with the Me Too stuff, a lot of people, you know, if you look, if you watch the old um, E show, absolutely, the shit. Okay, well, the is this wrong getting fathers to make out with the, you know, kids? And, yes. Well, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but I would say, you know, I, I I don't know. Again, this is so you have people who go on a radio show willingly and do stuff versus Louis C.K. who would lock the door and, and, and force women to watch him masturbate in front of them. Hold on a second. Now I'm not defending Louis C.K. I, honestly, I don't. I'm not a. I, but you, but I mean, you see the difference, though. No, but here's the thing. According to Louis C.K., the woman, get, the women gave him permission. Well, I know, but I mean, who? The, I mean, but the, yeah, but the women oh, no, say no, he no, didn't, no, though. No, no, Kirk, 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 hold on, stick to your point. Here. I, so, <laughs> I am John. Okay, so if the women are giving him are saying okay, yeah, but the but the women, but but the women, uh, the women who accused Louis C.K. said they didn't. Give their okay. Whereas oh, okay. with Stern, hold on, hold on. Whereas with the Stern show, the women clearly came into the radio station, knew what they were going to do, okay. and did it. Like that's that's that's. I mean, that is totally different. 
Oh no no no! I, if if what you're saying is true that 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 the women. But anyway, we're getting we're getting anyway, we're getting lost in the weeds. My point is, you don't you, you don't you're not you're not really advocating. This is kind of what piqued my interest. You're not really advocating for Stern to be fired. No. Okay. But I I just I I just think that. You know, like again, getting back. I just said that if Louis, I'm not talking about him jerking off in front of. No, I got you. The the Parkland stuff, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying if if everyone's going crazy on Louis C.K. for the Parkland stuff, they should go equally as crazy for Howard calling a woman the c-word. Even though I don't personally give a shit about about Howard can say anything he wants. I don't really care. I'm just saying it's kind of a hypocrisy there. That's all I was saying. Um, and and, and I agree. I think we live in a weird time. That your old Stern show. From say pick a episode in like ninety six or ninety seven. If you put that on the air today, it would last thirty seconds before everyone was fired. Like I couldn't even imagine yeah, that show being on the air in this world know, today, Kirk, in this, and, in this and, culture. And, 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 and Kirk, I just want to just be clear on something because I don't want to like uh, if what you're saying if the women didn't give him permission, then well, you know then I, I yeah they I, did I'm no totally yeah so, I mean some claim you know I'm some total, I, yeah. I, I I'm totally on your side then I I didn't know that the women didn't give him permission so let yeah. it be known for the record that that stuttering John is against sexual harassment just in case yes, there's I any am. even though even though Kirk I mean let's face it it's creepy either way yeah <laughs> uh, yes I, yeah that's that's a weird that's a weird like well, I mean listen all fetishes are fucked up but that's a very weird thing to wanna. It's just a bizarre fucking thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just strange. Um, well, you know, he's a strange dude. Have you met him? Louis C.K.? Yeah. I have not. No. You have? Oh, yeah. I went, you know, I first met him at Nick DiPaolo was at, right. at his wedding, you know, and, you know, and he was there. And I, he always came across to me as a smug, conceited dude. I, I don't know. I mean, he's a great comic. I mean, I've met him on The Tonight Show. He's nice enough. I just... I don't know. He always he always seemed kind of smug to me, but that's just my opinion. How was Leno to work for versus Stern? <laughs> you know, it, it's it, it, it's 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 not even close. I mean, you know, Jay. This is the other thing about Howard now, and and I'll and I'll tell you, Kirk. And I know uh, it, it, that the new Howard walks down a hallway. No one's allowed to approach him. In fact, Scott, the engineer. Yeah tried to approach him, you know, when he was going to do the GoFundMe, and Howard said to Scott, you know, you're not allowed to talk to me. So, you know, that's how bad it's gotten. That's how bad Howard has gotten. And and believe me, these stories can be corroborated. I got insiders there that still work there that have told me that, in fact, you know, one of the guys there, his wife, like, accidentally had to go to the bathroom and, and, and walk down Howard's hallway, and she ran into Howard, and she was so afraid that the, that the guy was going to get fired because she entered Howard's hallway when no one was allowed to be in there. That's how sick it is. And now you look at Jay Leno, Jeez. and then and Jay would leave his office door open all the time. And anybody can go in there from a page, which is the equivalent of an intern, yep. to the executive producer. Anybody. And Jay would just go, hey, come in and say hi to Mr. Leno. Always. And he would help people whose family was in the hospital. He would help them emotionally and financially. Uh, like, I mean, so many staffers. So that's the difference. Our, our Christmas bonuses were real, real money, thousands of dollars. He, would, he told me, he said once I think he spent a million and a half on Christmas bonuses. Yeah, I listened to an interview with him a year or two ago. And the interviewer mentioned that part of the deal for him to do the 10 o'clock show, you know, he went to the Jay Leno show, was to guarantee salaries for everybody on the show for two years. So he did it. I mean, that's that, that's pretty interesting. Well, yeah, the real, I think, true 
testament to what a great guy Jay is, is when NBC were about to fire him again, they, you know, for Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. they, you know, they wanted to replace Jay with Jimmy Fallon after the Olympics in February. But Jay's contract wasn't up until September. So, so Jay, this is to how great of a guy, just so people know who, if people want to hate Jay Leno, this says it all about Jay Leno. He said, okay, look, I'll step down, you know, in February. That's a stutter. There you go, Kirk. Thank you. <laughs> I'll step down in February. As long as you pay my staff, the 150 staffers that were there, including myself, as long as you pay them their full salaries until my contract was supposed to end in September. Now, NBC agreed. So just for me, I got a six-figure lump sum paycheck. So that's just me. Now, I wasn't the high. I mean, there were a lot of writers who were there a lot longer than me. Yeah, so you're talking about millions millions and millions of dollars. Millions and millions. So Jay fought to get us all paid, like, you know, our own, you know, uh, you know what do they call it, that uh, umbrella, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, you know, but, they, you know, that's what, a, that's what a great guy Jay is. Now, you know, for Howard, working for Howard, you know what my Christmas bonus was one year? A canister of popcorn with three <laughs> different flavors. And I called Howard out on the air because, you know, I'd always call him out. I sure. called him out on his nose job years before he admitted it. But anyway, you know, he was goofing on all of our Christmas gifts. And I spent time. I got books and videos. for him. So I fucking, you know, I went to the studio. I go, Howard, you're goofing on Christmas gifts. You gave me a canister of popcorn with three different flavors with a nice little artwork around. He goes, oh, that was Allison's idea. I go, dude, I go, I reached my arm down into the popcorn thinking there might be a check on the bottom, like Cracker Jack. I said, I said, I swear to God, I thought it was like kind of a joke. And, and, then, and then I walked out of the studio and Mike Gandy came up to me and went, John, I did the same thing. I put my arm down and I'm looking for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, the book is easy for you to say, Stuttering John Melendez. Easy for you to say and get on Amazon. Number one bestseller in general broadcasting on Amazon. The story of a guy who stutters, winds up as an announcer on the longest, uh, most popular late-night TV show in history. A huge part also of the most popular radio show in history. Uh, anything, anything else you want to promote, John? Yes, Kirk. I want to promote, uh, this, is, this is, I'm going to announce it on my podcast, you know, today. Go ahead. But I'm very excited. This is, um, you know, we have our own channel. It's, uh, you can go to tvremix.com, tvremix.com. Mm-hmm. And we are, are releasing the reunion specials with me, Jackie, and Billy West, where we talk everything from Stern to, you know, pop culture, and it's, it's really, it was really special. It's the first time me, Billy, and Jackie got together, you know, doing, you know, something together in so long. And, you know, all this content, there's plenty of content. My podcast will be on there, but it'll be, you know, a, you know, a podcast, you know, a video uh, a podcast where we'll take calls and we'll have guests. And we're about to sign some other comics to do their content. You know, it's kind of like what Anthony Cumia does, but mm-hmm. you know, this is just going to be, you know, you know, we're going to build our own, you know, a network. So if you go to tvremix.com, you know, check it out, and I'm going to announce that today on my podcast, and we'll talk it, uh, you know, more about it at length. But you'll love the. I don't know if you were a fan when you know Billy West. Was oh, there. of course, absolutely crazy. Of course, Mark Shot and uh, the great, the great uh, 
uh, Al Michaels impression when Al Michaels was there. Oh, I loved Billy West was great. Yes, it's Al Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> Michaels? Have a little bit of an adenoidal thing going on, Robin. Fantastic. Yeah, Billy West is is awesome, and he's such a such a sweet sweet guy. And then uh, you know Jackie's Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Jackie on here about a year or two ago. He was great. No, was Jackie's great. a good guy. He just you know he just can't get out of the way of himself. You know. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> you know, but but I you know I love Jackie and. Uh, Thanks so much, Kirk, for oh, having me on. John, anytime. Anytime. I appreciate it. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure to uh, promote the book again as well and, uh, and tweet out the link when the podcast comes and, out. And please, serious, you should fire Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Dude, thanks, I, thanks, dude, John. I swear to God, Kirk, I was just fucking around. Bro. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, John. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.